Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And we are back for our continuing recap and discussion of the show Vincenzo, which is... <laughs> well, I mean, I think you know our feelings about it by now. <laughs> it's a masterpiece? Yeah, it is. I, I, I really like do. It really I, it feels like a masterpiece, doesn't it? Yeah, I and and it'll it will continue to feel so right as up until we go. Okay, good. Yeah, it never it, gets it bad. Never, it never flags. Hear. It never flags. And you would think there are times when I remember the first time I watched it, thinking, "Well," but it never does. Like it just manages somehow or another, right? To the writing is just. Oh, it's, it's next level wonderful. Yeah, uh, the, the whole structure of this and having thought this thing through, he must have, as I said, he must have J. Michael Straczynski'd it. Oh, yeah. Like, just thought, for planned sure. the whole thing out, beat for beat, the entire show. Even before, even before. Long before they started shooting, yeah. Yeah, and long before the even all of the specifics Oh yeah, we came in. Like, exactly. They know exactly what they're doing with this thing. And it is well you've heard us talk about it. Alright, so as as is always the case on this show, we pick up exactly where the last episode left off. Yeah. Uh so that's neat. Right, we pick up exactly where the episode last episode left off. Uh Vincenzo and Chayun have walked away. I have uh, are have walked away, and then we cut down to uh, Jun Wong and uh, Jun Wong and the chairman, Han Xiu, in the uh, in one of the back rooms or the back hallways oh, of yeah. the opera house, and we get a great moment, uh, which I, I thought was wonderful, where Han Xiu is like. Why Why do you keep sparing these people and letting them do this stuff? And Jun Wong is like, I'm not sparing them. They're just beating us. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. they're better at this than we are. Like, they're they're professionals. What do you want? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a fantastic observation. I love yeah. that. Like, yeah, they are. They're just really good at this. You know, they saw us coming every time they we've been up against them. But you know what? We've beat them as many times as they've beaten us. But at the same time, he's obviously pissed about this. Well, yeah. And of course, the chairman, Hansio, I mean, does have a point when he says, why don't you just get rid of them? And I love Jun Wong's response. And he's like, Jun Wu. Jun Jun Wu's response, uh, which is how am I ever going to get better if I'm not competing with people who are better than I am? Yeah. It's like, how do you get better if you only ever co compete against people who are worse than you are or you have control over? And he's like, I'll get rid of Vincenzo. When I get rid of Vincenzo, it'll be because I've beaten him, not because I cheated. And I'm like, okay. That is that is a complex look at this situation that I was not necessarily expecting. No. Yeah. No. No, 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 no. But he's I mean, he's handled everything since he came back to Korea differently than anybody else. He That's came true. back to Korea, he killed his father. Yeah. And then he decided to become this intern. Yeah, to become an intern. And I'm sure we'll find out the story of that soon enough. 
because, well, we'll get there in this next scene where we start talking about this. Because Vincenzo and Chaeyoung are uh, playing are playing darts. Uh-huh. Which, of course, he's pretty, pretty darn good at, but he's not perfect or anything. He's right. pretty darn good. He, he's he's pretty sort good. of like Bashir. He's sort of like Bashir. Yeah. He really could be perfect at everything, but he he really does he every now. People. He threatens people when you're too good at things. Uh, all right. So then we get there. Yeah. And then they they talk about, like, what are we going to do? We know, we know uh, that Hansio is an idiot. Like, it's obvious that Hansio is an idiot. So who's the real boss of Babel? How can we, like, who is he? How can we get him to reveal himself? And they're, and they're like, people always leave traces. There's no way to completely remove yourself from existence. There has to be a trace of him somewhere. We just have to keep our eyes open until we find it. Yeah. Which, again, pretty fantastic. Like, they're thinking it through. Uh, how are they going to do that? Well, I don't know yet, because that's not what this episode is about. Oh. Yeah. No, this episode doesn't get us any closer to that answering that question. But we do get a giant piece of information. That because uh, he goes home from the bar and we find out that they went to see his mother's doctor. Yeah. And we did not. And he the paperwork is sitting there. We didn't see this scene earlier when they went to see the doctor. And so we find out, oh, she by the way, she doesn't just have cancer now. She had cancer back in the 90s. So it's a family history thing. And you get the little moment. So if she has any family, you should tell them to, you know, go get screened. Because this yeah. is something very dangerous, and it's obviously a um, genetic propensity for it. If she, uh, you know, not someone who smoked like a chimney, got cancer when she was like twenty-five, obviously yeah. it's something she should worry. Uh, everyone needs to worry about. And so now Vincenzo has found out that his mother, maybe, and I say maybe because we don't hear it from her, gave yeah. him up because she was dying of cancer or yeah. thought she was and knew that she wouldn't be there for him. And that's why she gave him up for adoption. And then two years later she was cured, but the adoption had already happened and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Oh damn. Have I been, well, it, was, it was actually three years. Oh, sorry. Three years later. Yes. Three yeah. Years. So, I mean, it was a long time. It was so long enough was that living. he was like, he had gone from being a four year old to being a seven year old who lived in Italy and spoke Italian. Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't just, you know, oh, we can immediately get my son back. That that ain't the way things work. You signed away the rights to your child because you thought you were dying and you can't just unring that bell a couple of years later, you know? No, oh, and he was such a good-looking child, he was bound to be adopted, <laughs> <Yes>. adopted right <laughs> away. Who would give up Vincenzo? <laughs> Again, it seems like if it seems like we're reading too much into this show and you're not watching it, th this is really how the show treats the character. Yeah, yeah, it's not us. It's not us. The show's the idea of the character is that he is too beautiful for this world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like the theme of his character, basically. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful though. It's wonderful. So, but now he's like, and the thing is, I want to be heartwarmed by this scene. But given, and when I watch the scene, I'm like, oh, God, like he's been hating his mother for no reason. And but the way this this episode ends and we'll get there soon enough made me go back and think, actually, there might be more to this story. And this might not be as sweet as I think it is. So maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. You're not going to tell me. 
but oof there's uh there's been a lot of stuff here <laughs> there is a lot but i mean and just finding out well did she give me up because yeah. she was sick right yeah, exactly and that's because he doesn't even know he can't yeah. understand that like th this is a child and this would be a restructuring of his whole life right yeah. Well, and that's the key part is like everything because like he is based so much of his feelings uh, around the fact that he was abandoned by his mother. So if his mother didn't mean to abandon him and didn't have any other choice, that completely changes who he is. Yep. So, yeah, really, really big development on that front this week. Yeah. So she it's possible she just didn't want to die on her five-year-old six-year-old son leaving well, him yeah, to an orphanage in at least she had, yeah she had control at least of where yeah. he was exactly which she wouldn't have after he died after she died yeah. after yeah. she died she doesn't have any control over where he ends up so do it now while she can still make a choice about it yeah yeah it's again she still abandoned him <laughs> <laughs> but there was maybe a good reason. I don't, I can't completely sign off on her actions yet, but it's certainly looking like she had a good reason for doing what she did. And that's, again, this show just keeps getting more and more interesting. Yeah. And then we get, uh, oh my God, then we get more people searching for the gold. <laughs> Uh, I've loved every one of these scenes. We have them with increasingly high-tech equipment to do the gold searches. We have the monks try to use dowsing rods to find it. Oh, and then they see the death card. I know. <laughs> the tarot. Oh, God. I thought that was so funny. Oh, that because was so good. Of course, good. the head monk just goes, oh, shit, European nonsense. <laughs> oh, God. And then the it. pigeon, who is a metaphor for what I'm trying to figure out exactly. I'm trying to figure out what this pigeon is a metaphor uh, for, but I don't quite know yet. Well, I tell you, when you finally find out, you are going to be shocked. Okay. But I just love. But in has he given him a name yet? That's the scene. The scene. That's the next the scene, scene is when he, yes. keeps, he goes to yell at the pigeon. And no matter how much he yells at the pigeon, uh, <laughs> if the, the pigeon, pigeon won't move... <laughs> Coos back at him. Coos back at him every time. And so he's like, all right, so your name is Inzadi. All right. Uh, so just try to keep it quiet while I'm sleeping. <laughs> and the thing is, this is, by the way, I cannot stress, as someone who, through no, like, intention of my own, accidentally wound up providing a home for three generations of pigeons on my balcony. Like, I went out to clean up my balcony and there was a pigeon nest there, and I'm like, well, I guess it's the pigeons now. You know, like, <laughs> what am I going to do? Crush pigeon eggs? Shove some pigeons? I don't have that in me. I just, I don't. Uh, so I ended up a year and a half of having pigeons living out there, and I got to say, they really do display clear feelings of ownership for when they decide to roost. They're like, no, this is my place. You can walk right up to them, and unless they actually feel like you're about to try to kill them, they will not move. I took a, I took a BB gun, not metal, of course, I'm not a monster. And I literally, I, I aimed at it, and I was like, you better move. And I shot it and hit a metal bar directly under its feet. 
because I'm again, I would never shoot a pigeon. I'm not a monster, but I <laughs> I shot it directly under its feet. So like literally an inch where its foot is. And do you know what that pigeon did? What? It did nothing. Yes. <laughs> because the pigeon understood I wasn't going to hurt it, so it saw no need to move. So I'm just saying, my own experience with pigeons 100% backs up everything this show posits. Like, and, and no the look question. on his yes, and the looks on his face because he's so angry. About oh, yeah. to... I've I've been there. <laughs> like I just want my balcony back. I yes. have my balcony back now. Once the third generation had all learned to fly, I put up some netting so one day they weren't able to come home, which they weren't happy about. Obviously, but you know, they found somewhere else to live. Yeah. One fact I learned while living all the stuff around pigeons, the reason they all live in um uh the reason they all live on skyscrapers, mm -hmm. I found this out. It turns out they're African cliff birds. Oh, really? Yeah. They're African cliff birds, and people, you know, discovered how good they were at getting back to places, so they decided to start domesticating them and using them to send messages, hence yep. carrier and homing pigeons. And so, you know, a couple hundred years later, they all live throughout Europe and North America suddenly, and they don't have any cliffs. So they just, they all just roost in high buildings because they're only comfortable super high in the air around stone. Yeah. I know. It's shocking, right? Well, it's fascinating. It's why I have no pigeons roosting on mine. It's all vinyl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they wouldn't find that attractive at all. Yeah. They roost across the street. Oh, interesting. The empty house. Uh, yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's that's my story about pigeons and uh, why I why I feel extra close to the pigeon story in this part of the <laughs> And you're gonna love the pigeon storyline because Inzaghi is there, I think, almost to the end. Yep. So here we go, and now we kick off. <sighs> If you want to hear how uh, how rough this story is going to get, we see a guy, a doctor, being taken into uh, right, being taken into custody by some prosecutors in a safe house, and then yeah. we cut to uh, uh, to Jun Wu and the and the the management at Wu Sang to talk about this. Uh -huh. So it turns out a doctor uh, has a secret. Yes. Oh. Yeah, this doctor, uh, you know, was uh, is is the doctor who murdered the dad for Jun Wu. He knows all about the corporation, and more importantly, he knows that Jun Wu is the secret head of Babel. Yeah, he knows who Jun Wu is. Really is. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, I'm one of the few people who knows your secret, so I'm going to turn you in. And put you in jail for killing your dad and all the other evil stuff you did, unless you get me $30 million. $30 million. United States dollars. And then I'll disappear. But, oof. That's, and of course, uh, Jun Wu uh, handles this as professionally as he does everything. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as professionally as he always does. He's like, I'll tell the prosecutor how he really died. Uh, and he's like, get me the accounts. Uh, he's like, get me the account number. Unfortunately, it takes a while to launder $30 million. So it's like, I can't just write you a check. 
<laughs> but I will get you your $30 million. It's just going to take a while. You got to give me a few days. <laughs> oh, God. And, of course, we see that uh, this, despite his cheery behavior, this is very upset him. Yes. He is furious. No end. Yeah. And then, oh, they, we see them, uh, we, we go back to the law office, uh, the Jiparangi law office, and we see some kind of bizarre snack food. I have no what idea. What is this snack food? So she buys it from this, this guy who's got like a barbecue cart out in the, uh, yeah. the plaza, right? And it's like, it looks like a root vegetable that they completely, like, completely burn and sear the outside. And then you peel off the seared outside and the inside is, like, tasty, I guess is the idea. But the inside of it is, like, green and full of, and fibrous. I'm like, what the hell is this thing? Well, I, I mean, don't they explain it this episode? Well, no, no, she just, all she says is, and maybe they explain it later in the episode and I missed it. But all she's like, uh, just don't eat the burn parts and it's fine. You know, so I'm like, I, I have never seen a snack like that in my life. Well, it is very well, I'll, I'll tell you what it is, because it's not, it's not, it's not part of the plot. Okay. It's just a, it's just a funny little thing because it, it shows up all over the place. Like, oh, okay. People seem to love it. What is no, it? No, it's sweet potatoes. It's their oh, version of sweet potato. That's and, their roasted sweet potato. Yeah, it's a roasted sweet potato. Oh, okay. I didn't. It was so black on the outside. I didn't recognize it at all. You well, know what? No. That seems like it would be delicious. I love sweet potatoes, and I like roasted potatoes. So, okay, there you go. And so it's just like how we roast regular. Oh, yeah, potatoes. Totally. Yeah, it's just it's yeah. such a weird. He's got such a weird way of preparing, and that you've got a roaring fire going, and then you've got a, like a metal slot, like a yeah. bed that the potato that the yam goes in, and you slide it in for X amount of time, and then you yank it back out in this metal slot yeah. like it's such a weird way to cook but it looks really well, tasty well the thing is of course that that they do have these really hard like if you've ever tried to skin yeah <laughs> a yam it's worse than skinning right. a potato or a carrot or anything like that it's, but once it's roasted the peel just comes right off yeah, yeah. all right now here's where things get interesting yeah so they have found <laughs> All right, oh. so that uh, we enough enough talk about yams. Uh, their paralegal comes in with the file on Chairman uh, Sio's older brother. Yeah, right. And you're like, wait, isn't J Jun Wu his older brother? And you're like, oh, uh, no. Apparently, the older brother is a man named Jang Han Siok, yeah. uh, who uh, who lives in America and goes by Henry Jang. Yeah. And they're like, could he be Babo? And I'm like, oh, and Babo is what they call the head of Babel, which is kind of cute. Yeah. And it's like, he went to our, he went to America 15 years ago, right? He went to America in 2006 when he was like 15 or whatever. He went to art school there and then he completely disappeared off the radar. And we're like, okay, so has, has Jun Woo? Got a fake person in America? Because we see a picture and it's not Jun Woo, right? And so the question is, like, has he got a fake, a person, like, did he switch identities with someone in America so he could come back incommunicado, is what I'm saying. I don't, if you know, don't tell me. But that is the impression I got maybe from this scene. 
but they they note that like his dad died and he didn't come to the funeral so what's going on there exactly yeah like who is this is he uh, like he's a bad son is he could he be babo it does he maybe he's just completely out of this like they have no idea what's going on with him and i'm very intrigued as a result yeah Hopefully. that is the first and i can't tell you I no can't you can't tell i'm not asking you a thing i'm not asking you a thing no. but yeah it is it is intri- i'm already very intrigued because i thought well isn't it public information that this guy has two sons and the answer is yeah it is but guess what Jun Wu thought of that because Jun Wu is is really on top of most of this stuff. He is an excellent schemer, and that's why we love him, even though he is a monstrous villain. Yes. Oh, what a great reveal, though. Oh, my God. So good. All right. So they uh, <laughs> so they they look at it and then and then Chayun goes to see Mrs. O. Right. And yeah. they and uh, the paralegal uh, and Vincenzo just sit around chatting with each other. And they look into the fact that uh, he mentions that Mrs. O doesn't have any relatives. Like, would have been so much better if she had children, you know, because there would be someone to take care of her. And people are supposed to have duty towards this parents. Yes. <laughs> Vincenzo listening the whole time and just. Ugh. Yes, because Chai Young doesn't know yet. Yeah, Chai Young doesn't know. Uh, Nobody the paralegal knows. doesn't know. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah I love it. Vincenzo. Oh, dear. Yeah, I know. And then so she uh, she goes to see Mrs. O, right? Again, Vincenzo's mother. Right? And they give the news that they've they've sorted out. Uh, they've sorted out the situation, not only the situation with the getting in the stay, but they badly punished the people who framed her. Now, she's not out of jail, but she's happy that they're suffering. So that's, that's at least an upside for her, right? So far. Yes. Yeah, so far. She's happy that they're suffering a little. Yes. So then the doctors come in and they uh, to see how she's feeling. She said she's not taking her pain medication. Right? She's not she's, eating. She's not eating. She's not paying to pain medication. And then Vincenzo comes in to uh, to order, like to get things run, right? to get things running. It's like, how are you treating her so badly? Why aren't you making sure she eats? Why aren't you making sure she's taking her medication? Who cares what she said? You're doctors. You're supposed to protect her. <laughs> and the poor doctors are just sitting there, right? Like, uh, it's the, but duh. You know, like the patient did. Well, it was her choice. She said no. And then he turns around and starts screaming at his mother. It's like, well, if you don't mind pain, what are you even doing here? This hot, you're like, you're supposed to be in the hospital to get better. Right. So do what your doctors tell you. Take the pills and eat your damn food. And get the treatment. Like, get the surgery. Get the 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 surgery. Why am I spending all this money if you're not trying to make yourself better? (laughs) <laughs> oh, he's so good. Yep. <laughs> it's such a good scene. Oh, it's such a wonderful scene. And of course, he has no idea how to be kind to his mother. And that's and that's what's so great about this scene is like he spent his whole life being so angry at his mother. Right. Yep. And now he's feeling this immense amount of guilt because maybe she did it for his own good, or at least she thought she did. But he doesn't know how to be kind to her because he's so still so he's like 
knowing you have a good reason, like that someone had a good reason for doing a thing doesn't make the anger you feel go away. Your brain has like wired itself to get angry every time you think about a person and intellectually knowing that they aren't a bad person doesn't change your brain wiring. And that's what makes it so fascinating because it's like you want to be nicer to this person now, but you don't know how to do it because your brain literally won't let you do it. Again, it's it's a very accurate portrayal of this kind of relationship. Anyway, I, it's a small scene, but it really it really made me happy. But, and we end with the fact that his mother was weirdly comforted by how scary he was. Yes. And how he yeah. ordered her around. And so she followed his rules. Yeah. And yeah. it's nice. Oh, and now we've got even more problems at Babel because other banks don't want to deal with them. Even though they got Shikshuang Bank, they don't have a deal because... The press conference worked, and the public announcement that they were corrupt and criminal scared off the other banks who, who don't want bad publicity. So yeah, it's all working. And once again, Hansio says, you should get rid of these two. Mm -hmm. And Junwoo is like, no, don't. You know? <laughs> no, that's not why we're doing it. Let's go. Let's have a dinner. Let's talk about this. Stop flying off the handle." Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, again, lots of stuff going on. Oh, my God. All right. Then we continue. We've got another scene happening. We get uh, we get a different dinner scene, right? Where everybody from the build, well, not everybody from the building, <laughs> you know, a bunch of people. Not, what am I saying from the building? Oh, my God. These are not the building uh, No, no, it's not the building people. It's the people whose families uh, got cancer and they covered up and they cut the deal and they helped burn down the thing. You're right. I said the building. And they're yeah. talking about how things are going with Babel. Uh, yeah. Right. And so and far, it, they're going fine. Yeah, so far, they're going fine. And they have this whole thing where, like, the lawyers, like, even though they've got the settlement and they're making the settlement now, right, the, uh, the, the lawyers are still dragging their feet because that's what lawyers do. Because when you get a, you know, a big settlement, they're like, okay, we'll have to pay them $700 million. Yeah, but that's not the number they end actually end up paying because if you, uh, you they will say, oh, well, we'll just go bankrupt instead. So why don't you just uh, agree to take X amount of money and blah, 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 blah. So the obviously Babel's lawyers are playing hardball, but they're weirdly upbeat about it. They was like, no, and it's like, we're, we're screwing them over. Their stock price is being hurt. They're being hurt as a company and everyone knows that we were in the right. So it doesn't bother us anymore, the awful things they do and they say. And I mean, the subtext there is now that we've got you on our side, Right. Yeah. To Vincenzo. Like that is the subtext of everything they're saying. And I think almost text a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. No, but they're happy that it's like finally they have someone on their side. And meanwhile, we have a much more bleak conversation going on in another restaurant where uh, they want the uh, they want the prosecutors to handle this situation. Right? They want the prosecutors to handle this, you know, uh, maybe tell us where the guy is hiding out. Maybe find a, maybe tell us where this safe house is, where they're keeping the guy, you know, because we, we need to talk to this doctor. And uh, the prosecutor is not happy about it. He's like, 
I don't work for you. We have a contract. And as long as we stick to the terms of the contract, that's fine. But, you know, we're not your puppet. You don't own us. And, of course, Miss Choi and Han Xiao feel very differently about that. Well, and so does Jun Wu, who has been listening into the... I know, it's so great that Han, uh, that uh, Jun Wu is just sitting there, like, getting eater, eating in a diner, and listening on, on the whole conversation, yeah. making his plans. <laughs> just the... the... He's such a fun villain. Like, I mean, again, obviously he's a monster. I'm not saying he's not a monster, but the way they have characterized him as a guy who just gets so much enjoyment out of all of the evil stuff he's doing. Yeah. Like, it's not that I respect him. It's that you enjoy him so much. You know, it's like he loves that it's all well, a game. As, no, he is, he is definitely a worthwhile villain. Yes. Well, and you need it with a character like Vincenzo. That's the thing. With a character like Vincenzo, it would be so easy for him to just dominate the whole show and walk over all of the other characters. And yeah. they found a villain who can't, who can, who can, will not be overridden by Vincenzo. Yeah, you know? no, no, no. And I'm sure that that's, as they say, you, you know that the director has done that, right? Yeah. Oh, I love it. To make sure. Yeah. You know, that he's uh, playing it broad. Oh, I know. But then we get the magnificent scene of him saying, uh, uh, of the <laughs> of Hansio saying <laughs> to Miss Choi and Mr. Nottoms, like, uh, want to do a, uh, want to have an after party? Yeah. Come on, let's go get some <laughs> drinks. Uh, but it turns out after party means something very different uh, to him than it does to them. Yes. As, oh my As God. As we're about to find out. As we're about to find out. What a horrendous thing. Whoa. You know? Yeah. Like, again, I thought I was ready for what this show had to offer. But uh, yeah, this this show has some surprises. Dark. We see a car. Uh, we see a a van run, essentially run the prosecutor and his two member staff off the road, throw them in the van, and drag them to you know, drag them somewhere. Meanwhile, right, people are breaking in to Vincenzo's apartment at the exact yeah. same time. People are breaking into Vincenzo's apartment. And yes, the people who are trying to find the gold see it. Yes, see it, of course, because... <laughs> and they get into a fight. And they're like, we can't let them rip off Vincenzo. Also, maybe he has the gold in there and they're looking for the gold. <laughs> and so then they get into a fight with the goons and we get a comedy wrestling fight scene. Yes, and wow. Not yeah. only him... But yeah. her. She knows what she's doing. It's like, whoa. Yeah. All right. She knows what she's doing. And then uh, we get the end of the dinner that they were having with the victims of Babel. Well, the family of the victims of Babel. Right. Yeah. And they all say their wonderful goodbyes. And they all thank Vin Vincenzo for doing such a great job. And Vincenzo is unbelievably uncomfortable being hugged. Uh, yes. What am I supposed to do here? He just doesn't uh, uh, like hugs. Nobody hugs me. And meanwhile, goons in a car are watching them. Right? 
Uh, so then Vincenzo drives, you know, Cha Yun home, right? So they head back. They talk about the situation. And this is where we get into, like, cute romantic comedy territory. Because she's like, thanks for driving me home so I didn't have to take the bus or a cab or whatever. Because remember, her car got taken back by the corporation. Yeah, it's a little just... note. And uh, and then they have this whole thing. And this is where we get into the romantic comedy. Because you were asking me earlier, why is this listed under romantic comedy? And the answer is because, you know, it does feel like one from time to time well, before, it, up, before it pulls out the rug from under you. <laughs> and this is a perfect example of that because we get a whole scene of them flirting where it's like, thank you for driving me home. And he's like, that's oh, fine. It was on the way. I needed to pick up a bottle of wine. She's like, eh, I don't know. There's like a giant liquor store directly across the street from the plaza. Feels like you wouldn't have to drive me all the way here to get a bottle of wine. <laughs> it's like yeah. she's just trying to get him to admit that they're on a date. you know. Yeah. And he's like, they don't have the wine. They don't have the wine I'm looking for at that store. And she's like, it's 11. They're closed. Then I'll get the wine tomorrow. <laughs> it's such a nice scene. I know. Yeah. And no, she's like, it's a very nice scene. It's she so goes cute. Because she's trying to, again, trying to get him to admit that they're on a date. And of course, what was actually happening was Vincenzo saw that goons were stalking them outside the, uh, and whatever he feels about her, what was actually happening was that he saw goons stalking them outside the restaurant and assumed they were waiting to ambush both her and him later on. Right? So. Oh, yeah. Oh. So when she gets in, a guy menaces her with a hammer. Right? Yeah, she sees the footsteps right away. She sees the muddy footsteps from when the guy broke in because he, like, climbed over the fence and came through a window and back. And she tries to defend herself. But, of course, we know Vincenzo knows he's there. And there's no surprises <laughs> because <laughs> we get the wonderful knocking on the door of the, the second goon being like, uh, there's a problem. <laughs> and the problem is he's been viciously beaten by Vincenzo. And that's the thing. Vincenzo didn't like immediately know there was another guy inside. So he just went over and he didn't keep her from walking in. He let her walk in so he could beat up the guy he knew was in the car. He just didn't yeah. know there was a second guy inside until he beat up the guy in the car. Because obviously, if he had, he wouldn't have let her walk into trouble. That's right. Yeah, I, mean, I think we can say that about him, you know? Uh, right? Yes. And I, then I think we, we can, yeah, I think yeah. we can say that about him. Uh, and so, oh my God, it gets it gets so good. He does the whole, if you want to, you know, if you want to tail somebody, at least try to be good at it. You know, be a little less <laughs> conspicuous. God. You're you're sitting there in a running car at 11 o'clock at night with all the lights off, just sitting on the side of the road. Come on. And so then Vincenzo does what he does and brutally beats up the two men. <laughs> uh, and let's until they run off. And then uh, we get a great scene of her just being like, what the hell happened there? And she actually freaks out. Yeah. And she's freaked out, but she can't admit she's freaked out. No. So she's like, no, I should have eaten more. I'm probably got low blood sugar. Jeez. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. All right. And now we get to the key part. Oh. She doesn't have any friends. No, no. So, oh, no. But first, we get to uh, a container. We get to a container. 
Oh, that's right. We, and they're oh, threatening. Yeah, they keep intercutting. Right? That's right. Uh, they keep intercutting. So they uh, go to the, the little container and they're like, oh, uh, are, is this supposed to scare us? We know you're not going to do anything. We're the law. Obviously. And we're not scared of you. And then the door opens and in walks Chun uh, <laughs> Wu. But he's wearing a hockey mask so no one can see him. And he kills a guy with a hockey stick. Yeah. In front of everybody. Not the prosecutor. But definitely one of the three guys. And he's just like, he picks one of them and he murders that guy. And then he says to the prosecutor, uh, this is what's going to happen to your son if you don't get on the right page. It's like, don't kill me. Oh, yeah. you think, you who think do you kill? think is going to be first? I mean, the whole oh. language, right? The threat is just, and who do you think is going to be first? Yeah, you're not Prosecutor's no yeah. dummy. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a hint. He's a terrible soccer player. Jesus. Yeah. Whoa, it's a brutal scene. It like raises yeah. it, like it, it moves up. Oh my, like, again, we already knew he was a monster, but wow yeah he is he is horrible yeah i mean this whole scene you like you can't no matter how i mean he's doing the part really well and everything else but this man he i mean he is the monster that vincenzo has to destroy yep yeah oh god and i mean it, it, it this is unreal like he says as long as i'm happy doesn't yeah. matter doesn't matter and they're like why the hell didn't you tell us you were and i just love that even the chairman and the wusang pair are like why didn't you tell us you were gonna do that and he's like because i don't have to yeah i don't have to plan and anticipate i just do and you clean up you just follow yeah. my orders that's the entirety of your job <laughs> it's so brutal yeah, I mean, uh, it's and they take it. Yeah, and they take just, it, because how could they not? He's the one with the money. And they say to him, you know, like, uh, uh, oh, and he says, uh, he tells Hansio to beef up his security because yeah. he's the one they'll be coming at. Like, if they decide to get revenge, you're the one they're going to be coming after because you're the face of the organization. Yeah. Uh, and so now the cops have arrived uh, uh, the cops have arrived at Yu Chan's place, right? Yeah. And you know they're searching and they're looking for evidence, and they're and meanwhile Vincenzo and Yu Chan are talking about how, I mean, do you do you think Wu Sang ordered this? And it's like, of course, you know. But don't worry, they weren't trying to kill you. If they were going to kill you, they'd have like stabbed or strangled or shot you. They had a hammer. They were just trying to brutalize you and th send you in the hospital in the hopes that it would teach you a lesson. Yeah, like uh, his analysis, you know, yeah, just, his analysis just, as a mobster is so wonderful. Yeah, no, yeah, he had a hammer. No, that's it. Yeah, and so, <laughs> and it's like phone phone a friend and go stay with them, and she's like, I don't have any of those. Yeah, she well, she calls him first, and he says, Oh no. Yeah, yeah, it is funny <laughs> that the first person she calls. Is him. Is him. I love that. Yeah. Call oh, a friend no. and try to get there. Okay, I'll call a friend. And then his phone rings. Yeah. Oh, uh, so he takes her to a hotel, you know, and she does They're try to call car. 
And oh, she yeah, just, they're in the car and she keeps oh. trying to call friends and no one will pick it up. No one will pick it up. Somebody's going to mass at 12 o'clock at night. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, I'm on my way to mass. You know, regular midnight mass here in Korea. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Definitely yeah. not. No, definitely not. Uh, but maybe. <laughs> so he's like, okay, well, just take me to a hotel. And so they go to a hotel. And then we get a hilarious scene of what things look like to you when you've just been brutally attacked in your own home. Okay. Which, you know, it's fair. <laughs> Basically, yeah. everything feels like a threat to her. <laughs> I love the... um. Uh, I love the guy who's fixing the lock on the door. On the door, yeah. <laughs> and how, like, her interpretation of him as being monstrously sinister. We wouldn't want anyone to be able to just walk into your room. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's, just like... it's good. It's a good scene. <laughs> yeah. As he's holding up the drill. As he's holding up the drill and menacing her. No, I love yeah. that. Oh, it's such a good scene. But and yeah, and runs. then the sinister janitor's like, enjoy your stay. And everyone, and like, the, the everyone is tilting their head down and giving her crazy eyes and malicious smiles. <laughs> and she's like, I can't do this. So she runs to the plaza and she runs. Yeah. But in the meantime, yeah. Vincenzo has gotten home. Oh, yeah. Vincenzo has gone home. Even as Sha Young screams and runs out of the hotel. And mm -hmm. they explain, uh, and they explain the situation about the people busting in. And as they're explaining the situation about the people who busted in and trashed his place, uh, and they were professionals, hanging at the back and watching the situation is the secret agent, as always, being yeah. like, he's in such danger, but he's so calm. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's in such danger, but he's so calm. Who is this man? And then they insist that he, uh, they both go, oh, by the way, we should have mentioned, uh, both of them, while they were doing the wrestling fight, uh, with the guys, it ended, ah. the guys ran away when they got pepper spray, they pepper sprayed them and ran away. So they've been pepper sprayed. And so they're essentially blind and flailing around as they try to <laughs> tell him what happened and give him some noodles because everything he has was trashed. Yeah. It's a good scene. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the secret agent does his little wave to Vincenzo. You know, he's kind of like, I know what's going on. <laughs> a little wave and a nod. Like, he feels like they're simpatico about, you know, the fact that yeah. he, he knows that he's, uh, uh, you know, the mob boss who's trying to save everybody. And uh, I'm on your side, but I can't really say it because I'm a spy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then Vincenzo goes to do a place and what's waiting for him? Ah. Oh, <laughs> they broke a window in his bedroom in his bedroom so Inzaghi and his girlfriend have arrived and taken over the bedroom <laughs> so we have you know we have our comedy relief and that's exactly what it is a little bit of comedy relief yeah. after after the most brutal scene we've done in the episode in the entire series probably so, so far. far yeah yeah because i mean the car crash was intense but it you know it was over in a second whereas that brutally murdering someone with a hockey stick just went on and on ooh it's a rough show <laughs> and what yeah. i love 
<laughs> is this uh uh it's like i'll just and then of course she turns up right she uh sorry Chinese turns up at his place looking for hoping to sleep on the couch and then discovers that it's like seriously you you wear pajamas and a silk robe to sleep that just doesn't seem like you for some reason it's like it's fancy what it's comfortable it's fancy of course i do and it's Blue Hour's 80th. Yeah, it's the anniversary. 80th anniversary of the clothier oh, makers. Like this is a limited edition. Yeah. Oh, he's so he's so classy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so he goes to get some uh, goes to get her some blankets, and it's all very pleasant. And it's all very cute. Well, really yes. enjoy the scene. Well, yes, but the the best of the scene is that when she's going, you know, that he's going to sleep on the ground. Yeah. In the same room. This is this this can't be. And there's the bedroom. And so he just kind of goes, Yeah, okay. You, you want the it? bedroom if you want. Take it. <laughs> <laughs> and she absolutely freaks out at the sight of the two now three pigeons. Oh <laughs> I mean, I thought that was just so because she is pushy. Yeah, and he doesn't is. know how to deal with pushy. Yeah. Not really. So whenever he gets a chance to deal with Pushy, he does. Yeah. And we've got the, uh, and then we've got the wonderful, how am I supposed to sleep with all these stars on the ceiling? <laughs> I think the stars are kind of comforting. Like, yeah. um, they are a constant reminder that there is a bigger world out there. Yeah. You know, that our problems really aren't that big. There is a great big world out there, and the Starfield constantly reminds you of that. I think it's kind of touching. I don't know if that's what he gets out of it, but that's what I've always enjoyed. Well, I've always enjoyed those people who put those stickers on their ceiling. Although, he's like, you can stay here as long as you want. She's like, no, I'm just going to stay until my, uh, I'm just going to stay until the, uh, window is excuse fixed. me, the window's fixed. Yeah, it's fine. And he's like, all right, but uh, in exchange for staying here, you have to replace all the ramen you ate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need a new package of ramen from you since you ate some of my food. I'm like, oh, Vincenzo, you're uncomfortable with closeness. Yeah. And, but the, and then the thing is, of course, she asks him these questions. And yep, did she you goes back to more mafia anyone? questions. Yes. She's got did you ever more... kill anyone? I know. Lies, of course. <laughs> Of course he lies. She can't, she couldn't cope with that. There's no, no way she could cope with hearing that he had killed people. And he's yes. like, no, I'm just a, I'm just a consigliere. I'm a lawyer for the mob. So, you know, yeah, I know guys who kill people and that happens, but that's not who I am. Yeah. yeah. And, you're like, and then he oh. has his uh, nightmares. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, getting... you're giving this idea that, you know, this is another reason he is trying to get out. Yeah. Because it's haunting him. Yes. I think it's still However, haunting him. Oh, no. We all know you never leave the mob. No, 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 no. They don't let you out. No. <laughs> the mafia never lets anybody go. But yeah, the, uh, what I did like, though, right? Yeah. The, the, um, the, the, he speaks so fondly of his mob boss. Yes. He was like a father to him. And I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> but he's like, he wasn't vicious. He wasn't bloodthirsty. He was just, he just, 
he always looked to business and he was always calm and reasonable about everything. And they're like, oh, okay. So he did really learn it all from his boss. Like, he really is his father's son in that way. Yes. Like, all of this behavior stuff is how he was taught to behave. Right? It's what he learned at the foot of his uh, his mob boss. Father. His yes. godfather. Well, and father, but I mean, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. His, his yeah. literal adoptive father, but in this sense, his godfather. Yeah. And so yeah. he learns this and that, that you should try and settle things. That violence is a last resort. Mm-hmm. You know, and all those sorts of things. And of course, I mean, the interesting thing is, is that we know just how monstrous Jun Wu is. Yep. And Miss Cho. They Miss don't. Choi. Yeah, they Miss don't. Cho. They don't. Yeah, they don't know how really how monster. Then again, I mean, they do know about the blowing up the fourteen researchers, right? And then well, killing yes. the whistleblower. Like they do know about that, but they don't know the lengths that these guys are going to go to. Yeah. You know, and we'll we'll get there. Uh, so then we get a wonderful uh, we get a wonderful breakfast scene. Uh huh. Right with Jun Wu and Han Xiao, right? And then, uh, and he says that he sent someone to, uh, he has sent someone to Italy to find out what's going on with Vincenzo. Because it's like, unless we know what's going on with this guy, we're never going to be, like, we're never going to win. You know? And so that's kind of an important, I assume that's going to be an important scene later on. And more importantly, Hansio is, uh, kind of has a secret. <laughs> And so he tells his brother what he did. And what did he do? <laughs> well, he's no, he's the one that sent people to chat. Yep, exactly. Uh, yeah. To attack them, exactly. Right? And, and that's the absolute him. last thing that Jun Wu wanted. Yeah. Like, A, he never wants anybody to attack <laughs> Chayin, uh, right? He never wants anybody to attack her, but he's like, if you go and attack Vincenzo openly, you're going to escalate things just as I'm trying to figure out a move. Like, I'm trying to figure out moves here, and you're just taking swings that are screwing up my plans. Yeah. So, oh. no. You know, you've got to stop thinking you can think for yourself. Which is nice. And then so he goes. <laughs> so then Chun Wu goes and calls Chayun and finds out that she stayed over at Vincenzo's place and is very pissed about that. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I, I get his emotional state. I completely understand. I was like, why are you at Mr. Cassano's place? And I love the performance this actor is doing because, like, when he's happy as her assistant, it... Like, it still looks similar to when he's happy as himself, but there is this, he has such crazier eyes when he's himself. Yes. And when he's on the phone with her, like, he has to seem so baffled, right? When, uh, baffled and surprised, because that's the character he's playing at everything she says and does. And then the minute they hang up the phone, you get the face change to wow. how furious he is. Yep. And again, this guy's doing a great job. Oh, yeah. Like, this performer, like, this actor is, he's doing a fantastic job on this show. <laughs> All right, so then we get a, <laughs> we get Vincenzo going out to his car. 
<laughs> the spy is hiding behind his car. And he's like, look, I know you can't talk about what's happening. Right? Uh, but I'm going to... <laughs> the... But I just want you to know, like, whatever you need, I'm here for you. In this card is my number. Just text help me and I'll be there in a second. <laughs> he opens the car and it's this insane pop-up card with like a heart in it and him and a picture of him behind it, like a picture of a guy behind it. And it's like, and he does the same pose. And I'm like, what is happening here? <laughs> just act natural. And he's like, just act natural. It's fine. Uh, just act natural. It's fine. No one can know that we've talked to each other about this. I just love that Vincenzo has no idea what's happening in any of these scenes. He's so absolutely. Yeah, he still hasn't figured out this is the guy this that he is, ran into at the, it's airport. the airport. Yeah, like he has no idea. You know, I think at, at the very beginning, he looked at him and said, geez, you look familiar. And the guy just said, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no, yeah. no. And so Vincenzo tails Hansio to work and finds out that he's got eight guys around him at all times. Yeah. So they're not going to be able to do anything to him. Right. And then so they come back to the office and they start talking about the the doctor who's going to ready to turn state's evidence. Uh-huh. Uh, can we find out what's going on with that? Then Vincenzo, you know, gets a call about Shanghai and they were able to get the eye data uh-huh. from the museum. Right. But the question is, are they going to be able to open the slabs and get the temple? All right. Are we be able to pick up the floor and get there? And it's like, well, not unless you can relocate the temple. And so Vincenzo goes to the monks and he's like, OK, I've got an idea for you. <laughs> Needless to say. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll get you a temple. It'll be out in the woods. It'll be beautiful. There'll be some place to pray. But uh, the the. The the young piano. lady with her creepy piano has decided to join the Buddhist temple because, yes. of course, she suspects that that's where the gold is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it just gets like every move he's making. There's eight complications. <laughs> and they're like, under no circumstances do we want to move. And in fact, now that like other tenants in the building have started coming by the temple, we really think this is a good location. <laughs> oh, Vincenzo, you poor, poor man. Vincenzo. And then they, uh, and then they have more of those roast yams. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You have more yams. Yeah. Here are more of those roast yams. Like, yeah. okay. You see why I was so bef uh, uh right. Sorry. Uh, befuddled, right? Yeah, and and Vincenzo's not really all that fond of them, but they're not they're edible. Yeah, they're fine. They're fine. And now we get to Wu Sang, and we find out that Jesus, like Jun Wu, is or Jang Jun, as is his real name. Uh, Jun Wu is you know so far over the line that they're freaked out about it because yeah. what's in the newspaper, a report that a guy who worked at the prosecutor's office was killed in a car accident. They're yeah. like, and that's how they covered it up. But they're like, this is a, this is a bad sign all around. Like how have we, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like how have we uh, tied our horses to 
Fixed our wagon to. Yes. Fixed our wagon to. Could not come up with that. How have we fixed our wagon to this guy? This is this is going much worse than we thought it was going to. Yeah. Just you go back to those first two episodes and how easy they thought their lives were going to be now that, you know, uh, now that they were the only counsel for Babel. Yeah. This giant company. <laughs> And how wrong everything has gone for everybody in the past. And by the way, like, this whole thing has only been taking place over, like, a month so far. Maybe a month yeah. and a half? Yeah. Because they keep picking up a day later. And I mean, yeah, Vincenzo most was in the, the hospital. Time, but, but most of know, the time, they're picking up, like, a day later. Yeah. And maybe, and a week goes by every now and then, but wow. <laughs> and here it comes. Uh... Junwoo comes in as they're freaking out and says, I'm going to need something from the chief prosecutor. Uh, but he doesn't say what, and we don't find out what immediately. Until uh, we see the prosecution offices come in. The prosecution just walk into the building with boxes and boxes of files. Oh, and by the way, on the upside, they didn't kill all of the, the mafia guys. <laughs> Remember the mafia guys who were being frozen to death? They didn't all get killed. Yes, I know. That was, and we never know how they got out. No, I but... think somebody came and let them out because they were just trying to teach them a lesson. Yeah. Yeah. But then we got, like, yeah. And they learned their lesson. They learned their lesson. So now they have announced they're starting a travel bye agency. Bye, balloon. <laughs> bye, bye, balloon. The travel agency. <laughs> Yeah. smuggling people in and out of places in hot air balloons <laughs> like uh that seems like a stretch <laughs> oh yeah so then they have their regular a building meeting at the talon restaurant about how they're searching for the gold mm -hmm. and you know a couple of people are ticked off that now the chef's assistant also knows Oh, and they're like, fake. okay, look, why are we doing this? Like, why are we being so, uh, like, we can't be working against each other. Let's just find the gold and split it equally. And Piano Lady, who thinks she has a better lead than everybody else, is like, first off, pissed that someone else knows. And also yeah. is saying, I think whoever finds it deserves a larger share than the rest because they're the one who found it. I'm like, oh, I don't like your attitude, lady. <laughs> I no don't comment. like your attitude. No comment there, but it's like, she's going to be trouble. That's all I'm saying. They're setting that up. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, we've just got to team up and get this done. Yeah, yeah. and so what happens with those files they were brocking in? Uh, they were all? In? Yeah, turns out uh, that it was all of the banking information. And... <sighs> And Chun-Woo's revenge on the banks for not doing business with them is having the prosecutors attack those banks for the fraud they do. Yep. <laughs> well, you won't do business with me? Well, then you'll go down too. And yeah, the thing is, you were like, did he frame them like they did? No, you don't have to frame bankers. All bankers are criminals. <laughs> yeah. And as all. we've seen. Yeah. And so anyway. Yep. Mm -hmm. They're like, Babel's making huge moves. It's fantastic. Yeah. But on the upside, the prosecutor, Iron Ears, who won't listen to anybody, the prosecutor who's handling uh, the doctor, who's willing to testify, has yeah. returned their phone call. 
and he's going to yes. come and talk to them. Like the incorruptible guy has come out, right? Is coming yeah. to talk to them. And he wants immunity and ability to leave the country if he can, uh, if he can get them. But, and what I love is the prosecutor is like, he's stalling. And I believe what's really happening here is he's trying to keep me on the hook long enough to get bought off by them. So yes. I have no confidence in his testimony. <laughs> yeah. And then they confront him with the theory that there is a secret guy in charge of Babel. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, and this is the best part. He actually kind of suspected something. Yeah. Right. Because uh, <laughs> Bill, Doctor Gil, Doctor Gill was going to tell him something and then didn't. Yep, and this is the key part when he referred to uh, the chairman, the now dead chairman's child. He used a plural to talk yes. about the child, I'm like, "Oh, he's got." There were two sons. Yeah, yeah. This is fascinating. That means both of them were there. Yeah. When the father died and the doctor knows who they both are. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then of course he, oh, and I've also been keeping surveillance on him. So we know that he's talking to somebody, a burner phone, probably connected to Babel. And so they're like, what if we do a sting operation? What if we get a way to uh, a sting? Op what if we get him and we follow him and get some, right. Uh, get some information on the guys he's talking to. The guy's like, no, I'm a straight arrow, and being a straight arrow means being a straight arrow. I won't do illegal stuff to get this. Yeah, so Vincenzo and Chayang are... Uh. Yeah. They're like, oh, what the hell are we supposed to do now? Meanwhile, this is, of course, all being watched. They're, everyone's being surveilled. You know, it's like they absolutely... Like, there is no part of this happen that they're, that is secret. And Junwoo is very pissed. Yes. Unbelievably pissed. And his brother shows up and says, I have something that I think is finally going to make you proud. And we're like, and he hands him a manila envelope and we're like, okay, what is this? What is he planning? <laughs> Damn. Uh, yep. Yep. All right. They're, so this is where we get to the end of the episode. They're going to start making the drugs again. They're going to start making the drugs again because... <laughs> they have found international buyers for RDU90. They can yeah. restart the uh, they can restart the opioid crisis with a brand new drug and ship it all over the world. Like, no, no. Yeah, and new factories. I want you to order all the supplies you can. Open new factories. Triple security. Like, this is going to be, like, this is going to make Babel, like, it's going to make Korea the painkiller capital of the world. <sighs> yeah. And, uh, and then meanwhile, the families of the, uh, they, Vincenzo, Mr. Nam, yeah, uh, Ch <laughs> Chang Yun. Oh Cha Young. Cha Young. I don't know why that's the one name I have such a hard time saying. They find out that they have made this announcement that they're going to partner up with another company to make RDU-90. And they're like, oh, should we tell the, the families of the victims about this? They're just going on that holiday. You know, they're going on that group trip. No, let's let's let them chat. Like, let them have the vacation. Then we'll tell them that we're going to have to make new moves. Right. And this is the uh, important part. Now the prosecutor 
gives them a call because the payoff has come through and uh dr gill right yeah dr gill has said actually you know what maybe i don't want to testify actually maybe i don't have any evidence against Babel. and he's like i don't know maybe we should do that sting operation <laughs> maybe you were right about that and they're like okay well we'll come up with a plan and we'll get back to you so here's the plan pretend to be a team of assassins and show up and pretend to kill him to find out who Mr. <laughs> to find out what Babo's real name is. Yep. And when they get there pretending to be a team of assassins, there's no cops outside. And all of the doors are open in the place. And everybody's... And, yeah. Everybody's actually dead. Yep. Cops. Everybody. Dr. Gill. Yep. Everybody. Yep. Yeah. Uh, turns out the, the whole $30 million thing was just a scam to, uh, uh, it was just a scam to get enough time to arrange an assassination. And is the, like, they, as they say, they beat us too. We were going to pretend to kill them and they actually did. Yeah. But that's not the worst kick. As I was going to say, and then it just goes downhill from there. Yeah, so one thing I couldn't tell, um, the guy in the distance is the, right? Is the, the prosecutor's fine, right? Like the prosecutor wasn't there? No, no. You mean no, no, you? I didn't think so. It's just the two cops who got killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two, cops, the two got cops got killed. And the director, and, uh, director Gill got killed, but yeah. the prosecutor wasn't there. No, it's just no. there was a guy in the distance dead leaning against a wall, and I couldn't recognize his face. No, I think and, there were probably two cops outside. Oh no, definitely two cops. Outside, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. that's And then, all right, well, here it comes. Uh, I, they get a text. They get a text that purports to be from the woman in charge of the families group. Yeah. And they, they uh, that woman out. announces that they were so furious over how uh, over what had happened that they couldn't contain themselves. And they went and they murdered the direct the director gill of babel pharmaceuticals to get their revenge and they killed the cops and then they all killed themselves and now you've got so it's a perfect closed loop they have killed all the people they need to kill they have gotten their revenge for burning down the building and they have made it look like their one enemy killed their other enemy it is a brutal and perfect move by Babel and what the hell is going and it just it ramps up this to such an obscene extent like like the one happy thing we had in the, like the one joyously happy thing we had in this entire show right was the time that the victims got to get together and burn down the pharmaceutical factory and now all of that's been taken away from us. Oh. This, yeah. this was a rough ending for the episode. Oh, yeah. I was not, and I didn't see it coming. I, like, I did not see this coming a mile away. Neither it, did I the first the time. It was it's, just like, what? It's such a punch to the stomach. Because like, yep. the tone of the episode, like, it goes so, there's so much fun stuff in this episode. 
Yeah. Like when an episode does so much comedy like this one does, when you've got the rom-com stuff, and... the rom-com stuff, you've got the wonderful stuff with the pigeons. You've got all of this charming world stuff. You've got, you know, the stuff with the spy, like all of this is so upbeat and fun. And it's keeping you really intrigued in the show. And you like, want to know what's going to happen next. And then what happens next is all the characters you like got murdered at once. <sighs> I was not ready for this. Nope. It's the kind of ending that will just ruin your night. Like, don't make this the last thing you watch in a day. Oh, yeah. So no, it's, I was it, blown it's away. It's hard to watch. It, it hard is hard to, to watch. You know, and um, I was lucky enough to move on to the next episode. episode yeah, it was, I have to wait two days. before. <laughs> I watched this two days ago. I've just been sitting here. Yeah, because I'm I'm sure he's going to be pissed and want some kind of revenge next week. But God, oh, just I, I mean, just wait, no, not, don't say I, don't say a word. No, I was going to say, yeah, things are escalating into darkness. I mean, it yeah. d- doesn't mean that we're not going to get comedy and everything else again. But oh, yeah. I I would not be surprised if the second half of because we're about to hit the halfway point. Yeah, episode ten is the halfway point, and. Obviously, something huge is going to happen in the next episode because you would do that at the halfway point. And as you say, I'm expecting the second half to be much rougher than the first half now that everyone is taking off the kid gloves. Yeah. You know, the gloves are coming off and I'm not going to make any predictions. There's stuff I expect to see. There's stuff I would like to see, but I am not going to start making predictions and do all that. I am just I am here for the ride. And that is it. (laughs) Good. Good. Because. You know, I mean, I just have to keep my mouth shut all the yeah. time. Oh, keep my mouth good. shut. Keep my mouth shut. <laughs> so good. All right. Uh, so that's it for this week's Vincenzo. Join us, join us back here next time for the next episode, which is episode 10. Uh, we think you're going to have a good time because we sure as hell are. To the extent that you can when you're super depressed about everybody getting killed. Yes. Uh, seriously, though, it's, it's going to be a ride. Uh, that I can guarantee. Uh, so... For now, though, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling-related fiction you think we should check out, please drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If you're listening to this on some sort of an app or podcatcher, you can rate and review it because that is how other people find the show. We're going to see you back here for more Vincenzo next week, but until then, I'll say that's right. Au revoir. Have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.